Hello, and welcome to the podcast of Emmanuel Assemblies of God in Knoxville, Tennessee. We're so glad you've taken the time to listen. If you're ever in our area, we invite you to join us for one of our worship services. For times and locations, please visit at EmmanuelAG.com. Thank you. Thank you, Pastor BJ, for just allowing um, us to come this morning and just share the word and just tell a little bit about what we do in Peru. Unfortunately, my wife is not here, so you're stuck with me today. Um, She's actually at home with our baby. Uh, We just had a baby boy named Judah, uh, about 12 days old, so she's at home with him. But if you could roll that video. people of Peru. These people groups are unreached, and we believe in church planning and discipleship as a way to reach these people. I felt the call to missions while attending kids camp in the late 90s. For me, missions wasn't a huge thing growing up, but through several mission trips, God just began to put a burden on my heart for the unreached. Specifically in 2019, we knew we would be in missions, but we just didn't know where. And when we went to Peru, we asked God, this is where you want us. Would you just give us an invitation? And shortly after, one of the missionaries there came up to us and asked us personally to join their team. To reach these unreached people, we use a program called Orality. Through Bible storytelling, we're able to get the word of God into these people. They have never heard about the good news of Jesus. And without these stories, they would never hear because most of them don't know how to read or write and most of them don't have a Bible translated in their own native language. Once a village has a leader or pastor, we're able to build a physical building It can take up to four days on river by boat to reach these communities. You know, we just don't go into these communities and just put up a building. First, we go into these communities and we train up leaders so that they can lead this community to better understand the Bible and better understand what a relationship with Christ really looks like. Our team also has many kids and youth initiatives that we implemented across the city from junior Bible quiz to camp ministries. The goal is to disciple them and feed them the word of God so that they can find their God-given purpose. We are pouring the love of Jesus into these kids each and every minute they're with us. We believe these kids are the next generation and simply put, doing life together and through discipleship, they can be world changers. We exist to bring Jesus to the unreached people groups in Peru, and we just have a heart and are excited to go into those difficult places where every tribe and every nation should hear about the good news of Jesus. In Matthew 28:19, Jesus simply says, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We believe that every person, every tribe, deserves an adequate presentation of the gospel. Because of this, we're compelled to go and make disciples. Would you join us in prayer for the Amazon jungles? Would you also join us in prayer that the Lord would open up doors for us to go to the yet-reached people and make his name great? You can connect with us via Facebook or email. And thank you for your continued prayers and support. We couldn't do this without you. Bye. Bye. 
All right. So that was my family minus Judah, obviously, at that point. Um, Colton, my oldest son now, I guess I can say he's not my only son. My oldest son is eight and we have Aubrey who is 10. They're downstairs or wherever they're running around out here. I don't know. Um, but just thank you. Thank you guys for your support and your prayers. It's churches like this that allow us to go and do what we do. So we really couldn't do this without you. That's that's just not a cliche. That's just not a saying. We really couldn't do what we do without churches like you and people like you getting behind us and supporting us. Um, one of my favorite things about what we do is the kids. As a former kids pastor um, myself in Portland, um, Tennessee, I love kids. Um, I know I don't look like it. I've grown a little bit, but I'm a kid at heart myself. I love working with these kids. In our homes, we have an open door policy. I mean, they'll, they'll knock on the door at seven o'clock in the morning. Um, and we'll have to tell them, well, Aubrey's not quite awake yet, but come back at 7.30 and she might be there. Um, they're in our house all day. We feed them. We pour the love of Jesus into them. We just love the opportunity to just love on these kids. Um, in a community, in a culture where kids aren't a priority, um, we just count it as blessed that we get to do what we do. Um, they deal with a lot of the same problems here. Even inside the church there, there's there's pregnancies, there's gender issues, there's um, alcoholism, there's drugs, there's all sorts of things on top of all the world country problems that they have with food and shelter and these things. Um we're just blessed, honestly, to do what we do. Some of the initiatives that we want to take advantage of this next term is truly pouring into these youth. Um, like I said, they're mostly forgotten about. They, they come to church. They may be poured into a little bit, but they're expected to be quiet and will pour into you when you get to that adult age, um, even inside the church. And by that time, a lot of these kids have already gone off, have already um, just walked away from God, and they're just doing their own thing mired in the things of this world. So we want to get to them now before it's too late. Um, where the church is dying, we want to bring it back and bring it to an importance again. Um, so we can really use your guys' prayers and support. Um, but today, uh, well, as you saw, sorry, um, we also have the church planning ministry where we go into the communities, these unreached communities, and we first share with them. We build up a pastor. And then after that pastor is educated and um, gets the training that he needs, we will go in there physically and build a church building. Um, but we don't want to do that until we have a pastor and a congregation per se in place. Um, if not, it will just be a community center or who knows what they use it for in those villages. So um, we're just blessed and we're just thank you. But before I go any further, I just believe God has put a word in my heart this term. He's really dealt with a lot of things over the past three years. If any of you have followed my story on Facebook, um, God's just been doing a work in me. Um, and I just believe he's given me a word. So that is what I'm going to preach this morning. If I do entitle today's message, I would entitle it My First Love. Um, 
But before we do that, let's just pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I just thank you for the opportunity, Lord, to speak to these people. Lord, I thank you for the opportunity, Lord, that you have given me, that you had given all of us to be here in your house, in your presence. God, Lord, would you speak through me and would you speak to these people, God? Lord, would you use us as you want to use us, God? And Lord, would you just pour out your love on us, Lord, because you said we love because you first loved us, Father God. So thank you for that love, God. Continue to pour it out on us. And we just thank you, Lord. Open our ears to what you have for us today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. This morning, when you think of love, who do you think of? When you think of loving somebody, who do you think of? Is it your spouse? Is it your child? Who is it? This morning, if you have your Bibles with me, turn to Revelations chapter 2, starting in verse 2, and we'll go through verse 7. Here we see Jesus talking to the church at Ephesus, and he starts off by commending them. He starts in verse two, where it says, I know your works, your toils, and your patient endurance, and how you cannot bear with those who are evil, but have tested those who call themselves apostles and are not, and found them to be false. I know you are enduring patiently and bearing up for my namesake, and you have not grown weary, but in verse four, he goes on to say, but I have this against you, that you have abandoned the love you had at first. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen, repent and do the works you did at first. If not, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place, unless you repent. Yet this you have, you hate the work of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches, to the one who conquers, I will grant to eat from the tree of life, which is in the paradise of God. You know, as I read and I studied this passage, I was challenged. I was challenged to take a step back and examine my own life. Here we see Jesus talking to the church at Ephesus. People like you, people like me, a church just like this one. He's not talking to the adulterer. He's not talking to the murderer. He's talking to people who profess to be Christians, people who profess to be a part of the body. And Jesus is saying here, look, I see all of the good things that you're doing for me, but I have this against you, that you have abandoned the love you had at first. Now we can look at this one of two ways. We can automatically get defensive and say, well, wait a second. That's not me. Do you know who I am? Do you know what I've done? That's not me, Lord. Or we can take a step back this morning and we can ask God, God, is that me? Have I started to abandon the love that I had at first? And I believe what Jesus is saying here is, hey, remember when you first came to me. Do you remember that passion that you had for me? that excitement, that loving obedience, well, you start to let it die out. And look, the truth is you may be doing a lot of the good things still, but the love that you once had, it just isn't the same. And just like at the church at Ephesus, we give to missions. We go to church every Sunday. We feed the poor. 
We help our neighbor. And look, all these things are good things. We should be doing them as a church, as a body of Christ. We should be doing these things. But doing them without the focus on Christ and without that constant relationship with him, then that's all they're going to become. They're just good deeds at that point. But they're no true connection with Christ. Who here is married this morning? Let me see your hand. Most of you. When you first got married, how did you feel towards your spouse? How did you feel about them? I hope you felt a deep love for them, right? A love that no one could get in between. You put your time, you put your energy into relationship to show that you loved them. And that love wasn't complacent. That love wasn't done because of a requirement. You genuinely love that person. But for those who have been married for any amount of time, what starts to happen? After time, things start to get in the way. Life starts to happen. We have our kids, we have work, we have activities. And what happens is we can find ourselves sacrificing the time and energy normally reserved for our spouses on other things. You know, it's not that we hate them. We still truly love them, but we can get distracted with these things. And we begin to get complacent and say things like, well, they should just know that I love them. After filling the blank for however many years you've been married, after X amount of years, they should just understand that I love them. And the truth is, if we're not careful, that's the same thing we will do with Christ. We will walk through all the outward acts and emotions of serving God, but relationally, internally, we are becoming less and less connected to the Christ. And I believe he's saying, hey, wake up and realize the love you once had. You know, the one that you started with. And when we look at scripture in verse five, he says, repent and do the works you did at first. And I believe sometimes we have grown so complacent that we have forgotten what that's supposed to look like. And the truth is I find my, I found myself in this exact situation where I was just walking through all the outward acts and emotions of being a missionary, of being a Christian and not truly being connected with the source. I'd gotten so complacent in my faith that it was just motions but no real connection and relationship with Christ. And when I realized what I had become, I was flooded with this guilt. I was flooded with this shame and confusion. And I began to tear apart every part of my faith. And you know, when I begin to tear apart my faith, God began to speak to me. And when I was hearing from God and what he wanted from me, And what he was asking of me, it just seemed too hard. It seemed too difficult. During this time, outwardly, I was doing good things. But these good things were just a substitute for what he really wanted. And in reality, the things I was doing were actually pulling away time from my family, 
time away from my ministry, and time away from God himself. Remember just a second ago, we talked about our marriage and where we were full in love and full of affection and nothing came in the way of that love, of that time with our spouse. And it's the same with Christ. Our love and affection for him needs to be represented by the quality time we spend with him. I'm not talking about a prayer over our meal. What I'm talking about is God desires and deserves more of our time. Are we making dedicated, uninterrupted time for prayer and for God this morning? Or are we just inserting that prayer at times when it's convenient for us? Like while we're driving or at the ball game or golfing or fishing or whatever else we tend to do. I'm not saying you can't pray during those times because you can, you should. I bet as some of you drive down the road, um, you probably ought to be praying. Some of you probably ought to not have the Jesus loves me bumper sticker on the back of your car as you're driving down the road. We ought to be praying during those times. But why isn't that enough this morning? Why isn't those times enough for God this morning? Think about it this way. You wouldn't say you have a close and growing relationship with those that you're close with, with your family, your friends, with only a distracted conversation once in a while. No, we are closest with those that we give dedicated time and attention to. That's why marriages end in in our society because we don't give the time and attention that it's needed. And it's the same with Christ. We need that dedicated time and attention. We can do all the right things, which in essence are good, but if we don't put in the time and the effort to truly spend with him, then that relationship with Christ will never grow. Those other works that we're doing aren't rooted or being powered by the Holy Spirit. This morning, I have a question. How do you communicate and build a relationship that we're talking about with God? What's a way that we communicate with God? One of the most obvious ways is through prayer. But my question to you is, how do you pray? Do you begin to tell God your problems? Maybe about what you need from him? Maybe, maybe you're even a little better than that and you be, even begin to thank him for who he is and what he's done. And, and these things are all good. We should be praying these things. In fact, God wants to hear our problems this morning. He wants us to bring them to him. He wants to hear our needs. He wants to hear the thanks that we have for him. But how many of us take the time to listen and actually wait on God to speak to us? Wait on him to tell us what to do next? Or do we just flood him with all of our problems and expect him to wave this magic wand and everything's going to be better? 
but we don't want to go the hard route and we don't actually want to listen to what he's talking us and listen to where he's guiding us. You know, with my kids, there haven't, there have been plenty of times where they just come up to me and they need something. But they just continue to talk and they continue to talk and they continue to talk. And if they would just stop to listen, I would have been able to help them. I would have been able to answer that question for them. But they were too busy talking and weren't listening to what I had to say. And too often we do the same with God. We come to him with these things, but we, are, we never truly pause and we never truly wait on him to speak and him to answer what we want. And trust me, I understand that we live in a busy world and where there doesn't seem to be enough time in a day to get what we want done. But if we want that relationship with Christ this morning to grow, we have to take the time to listen to what he's saying. And when you do start to listen this morning, don't ignore it. Many of you know or have heard my story over Facebook about my fight with brain cancer a little over two years ago. And it was right after the, the, the touch of God on my life, the healing of God over my life, that I begin to question my faith. You think it'd be the opposite. I I got I got sick, I start questioning my faith. No, it was after the healing that I began to start questioning things and allowing things um just to just to well up inside of me. And you know, I did more reading and praying in that time than I had ever done before, but I had no peace. I was filled with anxiety, I was filled with fear. And it was during this time that I believe God began speaking to me about my heart issue, about my love for him. And about a year or so ago, God began to speak to me about rebaptism. But you know, when God began to speak with me about that, I began to dialogue back and forth with God, telling him all the reasons why that wasn't an option for me, why that wasn't that wasn't good for me in my ministry, God. What were others? What were other people going to think? You know the reputation, God, that I have to uphold. Like, you know who I'm? I'm ministering to God. And when I proceeded to tell him that, he proceeded to put this continuously in my heart on my mind, through confirmations. He never beat me upside the head, but he continued to remind me. And for over a year, I wouldn't respond to him. I kept doing what I was doing. I kept struggling. I kept fighting through. Nothing seemed to get better. And it wasn't until recently in fact, just a couple weeks ago, that I decided to lay aside that pride and quit caring about what others think. 
and just get connected and be obedient to the voice of God. And it wasn't until I made that decision to get rebaptized and lay aside those, those things that God began to truly open my eyes to things. Now, am I telling you that you need to get rebaptized this morning? No. I mean, if you want to, great. If God's speaking to you, awesome. But I'm not telling you that you need to get rebaptized this morning. What I'm saying here is hearing God is only half the battle. Listening and following is where true love and relationship come from. And today, if you've fallen away from that love this morning and that relationship with Christ has grown stale, then he gives us two instructions in verse five. He says, repent and do the works that you did, you did at first. He doesn't say you've got to go through this long drawn out process and, and you've got to do this and you've got to do this. No, he says, come and ask for my forgiveness, admit what you've done and go back to that first love. And you may find yourself like I found myself wondering where I was with God this morning. Questioning so many different things. But you know, just like any love, we need to remember to truly know someone is to spend time with them. And to truly know God is done through prayer and the reading of his word. Please don't judge your prayers off of the prayers of others. Please don't look at um, Rick and, and judge your prayers of how he prays or Pastor BJ or fill in the blank. This morning, it's through prayer and the reading of his word. You don't have to pray like anyone else. You don't have to read like anyone else. God just wants you, and he wants that relationship with you this morning. All the other stuff that you do for him is just a byproduct of that relationship. And it will happen naturally because you love him. Don't let others and what you perceive determine your relationship with Christ. And when we walk in alignment with God and we are led by the Holy Spirit, we will love God and love others. Matthew 22, 37 through 40, Jesus states, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the greatest, this is the great and first commandment. A second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. The entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. You know, out of our love and desire and desperation comes the fruit of the Spirit. And when we deepen our relationship with Christ, the Holy Spirit becomes, and he comes to fill us up. He comes to fill us with those fruits. And one of those fruits is love. And out of this love comes the desire for others to know God. You know, while I was preparing today's message, I came across this video. And I thought, Matt and his wife Becca used to <laughs> go for it. Go for it. Matt and his wife Becca used to be missionaries in China, and he shared a story with me from years and years ago. Okay, they took the gospel 
to this remote people group in China. And it was amazing. Like they share the good news of Christ and all of these people respond to the gospel. Never heard of Jesus. And they start responding. It was just like God poured a spirit out and did something supernatural. And one of the guys that responded was the village elder. And so he was talking with the Americans that were there. And this village elder, after hearing about the life, the death, the resurrection of Jesus, goes, oh, my gosh, when did this happen? He said, when did this happen? Was this like two weeks ago? Was this like a month ago? And these Americans looked at this village elder and said, this happened 2,000 years ago. And Matt said that this guy's face fell. And he looked and he asked him, what took you so long? Mm. If we really care, we will go. This morning, my question to you is, what's taking you so long to return to that love that you had at first and loving him above all else? What is something the Lord is asking you this morning to lay aside so that your focus can be solely on him? Because when we are one with Christ and we seek his will, it will always come back to that verse in Matthew 22, 37 through 39, where he says, love the Lord your God and love your neighbor. And I don't know about you, but I have a lot of neighbors who need to hear about the love of Jesus this morning. I have a lot of neighbors, I have a lot of friends who are hurting and they need Jesus this morning. But for us to love God and others, he had to first love us. 1 John 4.19 says it best, we love because he first loved us. That means it's because of him and only him that we truly know how to love others. And when we love him, we will seek his will and we are given clear commandments and instructions not only to love God and love others, but to go and make disciples. Matthew 28, 19 says, therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Jesus left us with this task to make his name great and to make it known. This morning, are you actively sharing about that love for God? And if not, why? And I'm just going to let that sit there for a second. If not, why? Is it because of shame? Is it because of a past? Is it because you don't think you're qualified enough? What is it? Today, it is imperative that we get back to loving him. Because when we go back to our passage in Revelations chapter 2, in verse 5, it goes on to say, if not... I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place unless you repent. And the reality is, if we aren't careful and if we don't do a constant inventory of what's in here and do a constant inventory of that heart, and if we're not careful, we too will lose what God has given us. He tells us, I'll remove your lampstand, meaning I'll remove your place you once had in my kingdom. You know, that's a scary thought. It's not meant to scare you, but that's a, that's a scary thought. Because how many people are running around this world doing good things for Jesus, in essence, doing good things for the kingdom, they're just doing them in vain because they have no true connection and relationship with Christ. 
But this morning, aren't you glad that we serve a forgiving and loving God? And if we find ourselves in these positions and we realize we have grown cold to that love for Christ and we know that we have a father in heaven that loves us and when we recognize those shortcomings, when we repent and ask for that forgiveness, he is right there to pick us up. There's not, there's not a, a written test you got to pass. He is right there to welcome you back and to show you back to where we need, you need to be. And we finish today in verse seven, where it says, he who has ears, let him hear what the spirit says to the churches. To the one who conquers, I will grant to eat of the tree of life, which is in the paradise of God. I want us to focus on where it says, to the one who conquers. Or another word that I found in a study Bible is overcomes. What is an overcomer? An overcomer is one who has responded to God's grace through faith in Christ, has accepted God's forgiveness, and has entered a personal relationship with him. But more than that, an overcomer is one who continues to rely on God's grace and remaining passionately devoted to Christ. We all face temptation to sin, whether it be from this world or from Satan himself. And the truth is, these things can be a daily struggle. We don't just overcome them one time and call it a day. If we did, it would be nice, right? As overcomers, we must remain faithful and trust God. Trust what he says and what he promised us in this book. We live in a society that will tell us, that tells us this Bible is up for interpretation. That this Bible is, isn't fully true. Or things like it was meant for then, but not now. But I'm here to tell you today, and you already know, that this Bible, this word was meant from the beginning of time to the end of time and everywhere in between. And it's because of the life, death, and resurrection of Christ that we can be overcomers this morning. With Christ's power and the help of the Holy Spirit, we can overcome sin. We can overcome this world and we can overcome Satan. But without it, we'll, we will be overcome by them. And in turn, separated from the truth. As a church, we need to wake up because many today are getting further and further away from that truth. Just for a second, put yourself in the mind of an addict. You know, they just don't wake up one morning and decide, you know what? I think I want to become an addict today. Well, what happens? Many times they are tempted, whether it because of bad things going on in their life, depression or friends. They're tempted and they try it once and they tried another and another. And before you know it, that person has become a full-blown addict and it, they have completely lost sight of the truth. And in turn, they have been separated from the truth, their family and their life. And if we aren't careful, as we read in today's scripture, we too will be separated from the truth of God the family of God in the life of Christ. We live in a time where calling ourselves Christians isn't good enough anymore. And if we, 
And if we claim to be children of God, we have to do better. And that starts and it stops with our love, obedience, and relationship with Christ. It's not in a to-do list. If, if we read in the book, the Pharisees got in trouble with the to-do list because they had no real relationship with Christ. This morning, this community and this world doesn't need you to throw in another 20 a hundred or a thousand dollars in the offering plate. Don't hear what I'm not saying because we absolutely appreciate this church and every church and person that has invested in us. But what this community, what this world really needs is for us to be so deeply connected, so deeply rooted and in love with Christ. And when we do that, we will become the people of God that he has called us to be. And I believe today he's calling some of you to be the missionary, whether it be here or somewhere else. He's calling you this morning. How many of you hear that and think, well, I I can't do that. I'm not, and fill in the blank for the reason. Remember a guy named Moses? He's he's pretty prominent in the Bible, right? Right? But remember that guy named Moses, the guy who led Israel out of Egypt into the promised land? But what about when God spoke to him and called him through a burning bush? You know, when I read that story, he recognized the voice of God. Got to take off the bush to take off your, your shoes you're standing on holy ground. He took, he recognized that it was God. But what happened when God called him to free his people from Egypt and to lead them out? He gave God a bunch of excuses of why he couldn't or he shouldn't. But God wasn't phased. He had all the answers for him. And this morning realized God is calling you to something. I don't know what it is, but you do. God does. He's calling you to something this morning. And if he's calling you, realize that he will equip you for what he's calling you to do. This morning as we close, I just want to challenge you to ask God to search your heart. To ask God to reveal to you where your heart is this morning. Are you just going through the motions of Christianity and in essence growing cold or complacent to that first love. Where's your heart? If you have this morning, are you willing to make a change? To get back to where he's called you to be, saying, God, I'm sorry, God, forgive me and help me to love you just as you have loved me. Right now, I'm I'm going to ask you to get a little uncomfortable. We don't like to get uncomfortable. But I'm going to ask you, man, search your heart. And in searching your heart, if you're able and you feel like God's leading you to take a step out in faith, to get away from what others are going to think of you and and come right up here. Because I believe God is speaking to us.
And if you take a step out, be prepared for God to reveal some things. And whatever he reveals to you, let's give it to him. Let's change that behavior. Let's get back to loving him the way we ought to. You know what? I, know, I never want to leave a service. I never want to assume that everyone in the, the room knows Christ. I mean, yes, that's, that's why we come to church because most of us know Christ. Most of us love the Lord. We're serving him. But I never want to leave a service without giving an opportunity for those that don't know Christ. I just want to invite you up here, whether it be your first time, whether it's the second, whether, whether it's the last, I don't care. I want God to reveal to you. I want God to speak to you. And I just want to invite you up here to these altars to get with God. It's not about me. It's not about anybody else in this room. If you need prayer, your pastor is willing to pray for you. I've, we've already seen that before we even started with the sermon after worship. He believes in prayer. He is willing to pray for you and walk this journey along with you. And I'm, I guarantee you there's others in this room that are willing to walk that journey with you. Don't be ashamed of where you're at. In fact, be encouraged that God is speaking to you. No, you're not alone because you do. You have amazing pastors and leaders here that are willing to pray for you, that are wanting to walk alongside of you. This morning, let's just enter into his presence and just dare see what he will do. Because I promise you, if, if we truly posture our hearts towards him this morning, He's going to show up in the perfect way, the perfect time, every time. But it's up to you. And this morning, I just want us to take the next few minutes. If, if you got some music, great. If not, the Lord still moves without music. Amen. But let's just search our hearts this morning and truly get into what God wants us to do. Truly get back to loving him the way he's called us to love him. Amen?